when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It would be so much more fun if Andrew WK was Steve Mike, but... Yeah, as opposed to just being a normal guy who yells a lot. Like yeah. just right. a normal yeah. guy who yells more than average. <laughs> we came to party. It's party. A man, a man party. who loves parties. <laughs> yeah, let's party. That's fun. That, I get wet. That's my favorite album. track of That's okay. his debut Hello. LP. Check, check. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Kato? A whole page seems like a lot, lot of words for just to say all white guys look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole page Dude. just to be correct, just to be. Uh, since yeah, I mean, to, like, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that's a lot of words. I could just say, oh, my guys look the same to me. Okay. Since moving to the amount of identical white men I have encountered is fucking astounding. Yeah. Just motherfuckers with the exact <laughs> same mustaches, the exact same unwashed fucking jeans. Like the, the vibes are identical every time I leave my fucking house and make the mistake of going to the side of the book that I don't live on. You know, you're making points right here. Uh, I I can't... (laughs) The place, man. I can't... We ran into some people that some of my fiancé's younger sister's friends who are wonderful. I liked them very, very much. But it just showed me how far away my 20s are at this point, even only two years into my 30s. They're like, oh, sign up for this mailing list for this warehouse party called Heaven, but the second E is a three. I would Um, (laughs) Uh Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) If someone said that to me, I would say, actually, I went out dancing for the first time last night. Where'd you go, Moodring? Sorry. No. Wow. That was mean. No, I actually went out on a, a like a Tinder thing with this girl, and then her friend was at like a bar, like a, like around the corner from, you know, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so there's a bar like literally around the corner to the left. That's really um, funny. That's really small. Um, Wait, is there, are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about. I'm talking okay. about like a different place that was like. And so this I walk in. It's all like 100 feet, like square feet area. <laughs> oh, by the way, 100 square feet oh of God. pure bars. Like yeah. it is, it is just like the the bar to person ratio that is, is the busted. Tinder date area concentrated oh for that God. neighborhood. It's, it's so very true. fucking clear. <laughs> and so we went there, and then we went to this other place where her friend was doing a, a like a set, like a DJ set, and there was mm-hmm. nobody fucking there. Love and that. so I danced publicly for the first time in a nearly empty room uh, to assuage my date. Uh, and then I went to the bar and ended up actually uh, becoming the friends with the bartender who that is uh, who is obviously a tea girl who is wearing a Evangelion shirt. Uh, and so wow, I was sure like, make th- are you dreaming? Are you sure you went dancing? Dog, <laughs> this is so <laughs> real. I was like, I, oh, I like your Evangelion shirt. And she was like, thanks. And then the guy sitting next to me f- pulls out a fucking um, like iPad and starts oh, drawing. Thinking, and he started building a mech no, and he had no, his no. painting Patrick, equipment with him Patrick, at the club. Patrick, this is not a fucking joke. 
this person whips out their their um like their iPod and starts doing cyberpunk illustration work oh next God. to me at the fucking I venue. And I feel years old. And like, I turn to them and I'm like, are you doing cyberpunk illustration work at this bar right now? And he was like, yeah, I am. And then we had an hour long conversation about Battletech. And he was like, yeah, my dad fought in the Falklands War and was like, got really into Battletech. And then he like got me into Battletech when I was a kid. And I was like, how the fuck did I bump into the <laughs> baby the most is- the most fucking <laughs> renata night. ass dude to be friends with is just like talking to me in the club about fucking gundam and being like yeah i do actually think that mechs and bodies are really fat like what the fuck was happening did like, did, this- did like waypoint crack open and just like spill juice I into I this club <laughs> to yeah. god and everyone at the bar was also playing elden ring and so <laughs> oh i was god. like i was like to the bartender, I was like, wait, what's your build? And then she was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing like a Int Dex build. I was like, oh, Int Dex, nice. I was doing Dex, I was doing uh, Int Faith. And we like had a conversation about Elden Ring builds. And then the dude oh who's doing God. the cyberpunk illustration work next to me fucking turns and he's like, wait, you're also playing Elden Ring? What's your Steam name? Listen, I'll repeat this for the pod, but we talked my dealer into buying Elden Ring. He was nice. like, I'm playing her as Horizon Forbidden West. And I had just been watching like an Elden Ring video, like an Iron Pineapple video. And he came through and was like giving us our products, and uh, and then he was like, "So what do you what do you think about Elden Ring? I'm playing Horizon right now, but I I hear Elden Ring's really really good." And then by the time he left, he was buying Elden Ring. Downloaded my machine. Yep. Here's proof that this person is real and exists. Wow, that's also quite an wonderful. Instagram username. It's these are great. It's good illustration work, and also like his fashion sense is fucking impeccable. This is a um, situation for sure, for sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. but man, like the people I tried to explain to these young people that I'd met that I can't go out like that anymore. I get tired. You know, David can feel the rain in his knees. We're sleepy now. That's fine. We like it the way we our version of going out is going to a really cool movie and then walking around Manhattan. <laughs> like we like that stuff. Um and they're like, oh, you know, just take some ketamine. And it's like, yeah, you'll take some ketamine. What I'll do is go to bed. <laughs> like, I've done enough drugs for a lifetime. It's good. This is the problem that I have, is that I'm much closer to the Gita end of the spectrum, despite <laughs> being age-wise at the other end of the spectrum. And so I want to be friends with, like, young 20-something queer women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is young, early 20s queer women are doing too much for me. They are doing yeah. too much. Anytime you hear about a party that begins at midnight, I'm just like, that's go home. I'm I'm already asleep. <laughs> no, can't do it. <sighs> anyway, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Um, are, we on the, are we on the podcast? Yeah, just kind of you just want to like take out any doxing material and yeah, I'll, so go I guess I'll just, comb through we're it. Just in it. I've, um, I've been um, recording, so yeah, I, so I, I had a feeling. Me too. Yeah, I turned it the on conversation already. was good, so I kind of had a feeling that we should. I should turn on the old recorder. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's um, uh, time that is ourselves and clap so Kato can have that though. Oh my god, we didn't do what that last a, time. What a, what a no, I thought of, I thought about that and I just kept figuring you'd. I, come back and I don't know. I figured it out. Like, it yeah, we, never, we never did. It's fine. <laughs> you don't need it. I don't no, need we it. should. We should. Okay, you need it. Yes. You don't want to do it, it, or do you want to? No, we're it. in the Kato podcast. Kato we're not going to clap in the middle of no, the podcast. We're not. You no, can edit yes, the we are. Out. Yes, we are. Fine. We're, we're clapping at twenty four fifty five. We're clapping at twenty four fifty five. Okay. 
I gotta open the. Yeah. Oh. Ah. Good work, team. Hey, everyone. Welcome to. Well, we're welcoming my browser to waypoint.gay so I can know what the next uh, this episode is. Episode 466. Uh. Last one, Rob Zach near River to his people. It's a good podcast. That's a good podcast name. Uh, welcome. You. I'm your, I'm I'm your host, Patrick Klobuk. I'm joined. Uh, I am very excited uh, this week that we are uh, we are joined uh, at our own roundtable hold, although a better one than the one in the game. Uh, Elden Ring. Uh, Gita Jackson. Yo, what's up? I'm here. Uh, yeah, a, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. You, you're you're joining us so that we can. Rob is not here because he got the sense that are you just going to talk about Elden Ring for an hour and change, and I'm just going to answer emails. I think I'll just answer those emails. I, like, okay, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that makes some, some sense. Uh, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. No, it's just Elden Ring really is the only thing that's going on inside my brain right now. It, it was, is. It is. Just, I um, you know, I I started playing it around ten o'clock last night, and it's the only game where. So usually you, you a game that you're engrossed in, you'll look, you'll blink and go, gosh, where did the time go? What I do is I play Elden Ring and I stress out that I have less time to play Elden Ring because I force myself to go to bed at midnight. Like I, I that's yeah. my cutoff because of the yeah. way my kids wake up. And so I'll play and then all of a sudden it's 1115. I'm like, ah, fuck, man. Like I'm only, I only have 45 minutes. Like I probably can't go up. I see that castle in the distance. I can't fuck with that castle. All right, I'm going to go over here and pick up castle. a map and find a cave that I can uh, go around in. So I have literally to... the exact same problem. Like I just tried to get a couple hours in before the pod, but I wanted to spend like time doing, you know, administrative work that I've missed this week. Cause I've been out of for a couple of days. And so it's like, I won't start playing until like noon or noon 30 after I've eaten lunch. And then we started recording and I was like, God, God damn it. <laughs> like I wish I had another couple of minutes with Elden Ring. <sighs> I, um, I, did I made a fucking mistake the other night? I made okay. a like, look. Grim that's the mistake. waypoint way. I, if we come yeah, here, I don't it's know if a space you remember what talk. I was doing over the weekend, but yep, mistakes like were Kato, being made constantly. Uh, yeah, Kato <laughs> spent a, a full ass day playing a raid in a two day period. Ren, please, what what, so, make, what mistake could you have possibly made that would be would rise to the level of saying <laughs> it was a mistake? At yeah. around ten p.m. Uh-huh. Uh, the other day. Uh, I saw that my friend uh, was playing Risk of Rain 2, and I sent her a message being like, we'll get there, (laughs) Kato. And I said, uh, I would like to play some Risk of Rain 2. And she said, let's do a quick one before bed. And I said, okay. And that run lasted two hours. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll take my narcolepsy medicine, which I should know is extremely powerful. I cannot overstate how powerful this medication is uh, for context. Previously after taking it, I have fallen asleep standing up in a shower and almost dislocated my shoulder. How, that is how powerful. How fast? Like from, from taking of med- Okay. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a little bit of wiggle room before uh, your body yeah. <laughs> collapses. Yeah. Yeah. And so I. Wait, did you decide to play Elden Ring? Once you took so the I take, medicine? The, I take this medicine <laughs> and then I saw that friend of me, 
uh, and I believe a friend of the site, Adam Conover, was uh-huh. starting to stream <laughs> Elden Ring. And I see him and I was like, oh, is Adam fighting the Aghia Lake dragon? Well, I'm overleveled. I can just go help Adam with the Aghia Lake dragon. That's not a big deal. It'll take like five minutes. I'll hop on stream, help Adam, and then go about my day. Your night. Uh, my night. Go go to my <laughs> sleeping times. Go to bed. <laughs> and Elden fucking ring managed to keep me up for an additional two hours no! as my as my as my body no! is performing and incre- oh! my fucking kidneys in overdrive my whole <laughs> human form in like a feat of medical prowess um wow. as i played an accidental two hours of elden ring um i got to the halig tree um, which is part of the insane north part of the map that is somehow an entire other video game's worth of shit to do. I literally, uh, I put remote play on the on the disc for my PS5 on this machine right now, and it is literally, t- like, I'm physically restraining myself from opening up the game. Yeah. It's so, once you begin thinking about Elden Ring, you just, your mind gets trapped in a vice. Like, I, I just start <laughs> thinking about all the sort of, it reminds, okay, so I listened to this podcast called Homesick Made This World, and it's about Homesick and how Homesick is one of the precursors to sort of a lot of major trends in sort of corporate narrative storytelling, uh, including video games, but especially like Marvel movies in terms of how it interacts with fandom, blah, 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 blah. But they have a side pod, bonus episodes. This is Mar- uh, Cameron Kunzelman, friend of the site, and uh, Michael Lutz, friend of the site. Yeah, they're both friends, I yeah. think, of the site. They, and, they, and they, they came on more. They both a, came uh, on more. Friends, friends of the site count is at yeah. three. Yeah, uh, yeah, so exactly. Three. There's lots of friends of the site. Yeah, so many. Waypoint has so many friends. It's so nice. Yeah, prettiest girl at prom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have a they do bonus outs, and one of them they did on the never ending story. And the never ending story is deliberately constructed so that there will always it is so that there are always and up until the very end of the novel there are plot threads that start branching off as a consequence of the main character interacting with the fiction of the world. Um, And the structure of Elden Ring reminds me so much of this. Every time we try to do something that is in the main path of it and like try to progress through it as a narrative object, there's like a million little things you can just do also. I haven't done the critical path whatsoever. I'm just kind of riding around on my horsey and seeing where I can go uh, until I get murderized and trying to level up my dex 24 so I can use this really stupid flail. So <laughs> I <laughs> like it's it's become an Animal Crossing-esque chess checklist game for me, where it's like I open up my little Elden Ring and I look at the map and I'm like, why don't I look what's over here today? And then I find what I can find and I sell all my shit to uh, the guy at the Church of Ella and then I level my shit up. And then it's been really great to play that way. Um, I actually want to back up because part of the reason I was really excited to have you on, Gita, and part of it wasn't really exciting about Elden Ring is... Uh, Seeing so many people that I wouldn't have necessarily thought could like the game, these games the way I like them and that Elden Ring has provided an opportunity for just like a whole bunch of people to join like this cool club that other people are already in. It's like, oh, you get it too and you came through it a different way. I know that you're not someone that is like the rest of us were like we're souls poisoned and um like <laughs> have been I'm not played. <laughs> Wait, what are you are now what you know no, 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 no. I, I what played, the fuck are you talking about souls and <laughs> I played Bloodborne okay. I haven't finished either of them but I right. like okay. those games quite yeah. a bit yes yes um but I I, I don't necessarily, you don't you can correct me if I'm wrong but I guess, don't necessarily strike me as like sitting around for years going 
the game that is going to change my life is is Elden Ring and like hang on every word. I just feel like you've taken to this game in a way that has has surprised me. And I'm curious yeah. why you think this well, game has, admit, has taken you. I was really excited to be part of the first wave of people that would be playing this game because the thing about Dark Souls and Bloodborne, which for many years was inhospitable to me and I think a lot of other players, is that there is like a very concentrated fandom around these games. And while they can be really encouraging, I like, you know, videos by people like Iron Pineapple and Zully the Witch that really just kind of tear those games apart and show you how you completely break them. Or I really like Iron Pineapple's games that explore games that are... um his videos that explore games that are inspired by the Souls games and shows how that's within a very small like genre, how much variation they can be and also like why Dark Souls but is so much better and so inspiring to so many different uh, developers. Um, but these games have been combed over, you know, and there's uh, a specific ways that people really like to play Dark Souls that I just don't find very engaging. Uh, when I finally did play Dark Souls, like I started playing it during the pandemic, it's because Nico Deo, the fourth friend of the site, and Maddie Myers, uh, perhaps a fifth friend, um, they, they Maddie's started, allowed to be the fifth friend. We'll we, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll yeah. allow it. Yes, um, thank you. My favorite uh, Evangelion <laughs> character is the fifth friend. I, 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 I didn't think that they would like get all the way there, but like after like uh, what is what is his name? The boy. Coward. The boy gets fucking murked. No, oh, not Kawaru. Kawaru. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, him. Uh, I want to say uh, Sean, but I know Tashi. that's not right. <laughs> he seems like a Sean to me. Yeah. Is it ta- 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 Tandra? Toji? Taji? Toji. Toji? Okay. I think it's Toji. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's the one that gets got. Yeah, Sorry. he gets fucking murked. <laughs> Sorry, Toji. Um, but yeah, I they started playing it on voice chat. We start, we've been playing games together every Thursday night. And so I would watch Nico play Dark Souls and I you know watching her play and watching Maddie play also Maddie finally got out of Blighttown after like six months it feels like like pretty recently (laughs) watching them play I realized that the way that people talk about these games and difficulty is completely overblown or at least in terms of how I think about difficulty for me (laughs) things where you have to just try and fail and then try from different angles and then see what what works that is not like a, a difficulty issue for me that's just like how you figure anything out like you, when you pick up a guitar you're not gonna be playing chords the very first time <laughs> the dark to- souls of instruments the guitar <laughs> <laughs> do you know like you have to develop calluses and you have to like train your hands to move in a certain way and these are just very well designed puzzles and games that teach you uh, I want to say teach you how to play because I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. They give you situations and then they say you have all the tools and you should figure this out. Sometimes you can figure it out by literally breaking the game. I remember when I got one of the bosses, the big boss on the bridge in the first Dark Souls to just uh, to, to get him to jump Taurus off. demon, right? Yeah, uh, you can get you can cheese that fight by getting him to jump off the bridge. And that's what I <laughs> yes. did. And it was great. That, that absolutely rocked. Um, <laughs> and. Then you can also, you know, once I did the bell gargoyles, and that one took me like a, a like a, a couple of weeks of playing. You understand, like, okay, this is the feeling that it is trying to get you to play. But it's also these games are like really, really funny to me, and they're, I don't know, really, really the storytelling is very evocative. The world itself is very evocative, and I wanted to be able to be one of the players that was teasing out the little bits of lore or making lore discoveries that hadn't already been sort of documented in many of these lore videos that you watch on youtube.com. That that was, I'm like 
definitely interesting going back to Bloodborne and um, the Dark Souls series and actually playing them in full instead of sort of treating them like in a thousand piece puzzle, basically, that you put on a table and then you pick at, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I understand what this thing is. I don't know that I want to pick at it anymore. But I think there's like, I think there's be a lot of people that play Elden Ring. Yeah. And because of the way it's designed and where you can kind of have your own adventure and gr- grow to understand how these games work, how I find my own fun in them, like what is interesting about them to me. But then you'll have this giant skill set that lets you go back if yeah. you want to and play those other games. I, and I don't think like they'll be as high of hills to climb. You, it's a little more of like bashing your head into a, a door because yeah. the, you, you, there's fewer paths to go down compared to, to Elden Ring. But at least you, you'll you have a sense of like, here's how I like to play these games. Here's how yes. I approach this one. And that's like a valuable. I think Elden Ring makes it easier for people to build up that foundation of knowledge in the way the other games um, are a little more blunt about it and then can be kind of. Yeah, definitely. Com- combined with the fan base that then likes to make fun of people for playing them any differently than the way they've decided they should be played, even though I don't think the games communicate that being the way they should be played and Elden Ring being the best example of it. Yeah, you know, Maddie immediately, against all the advice you get when you get the first uh, Dark Souls, is to play a strength build. And that is a style of gameplay that I found, like, worked, but I became curious about the other options because there are, like, other options in the game, but you don't really hear about them from the fan base very frequently. And, you know, Maddie, the first thing that she did when she played, she was like, I hate using a sword and shield. I hate it. She found an enormous axe and started two-handing it. And, like, that's how she plays. (laughs) (laughs) It it does rule. And what I love is, like, seeing, I posted this into the, we started an Elden Ring Slack channel. Um, I posted the Slack channel. Iron Pineapple did a video about just how broken you can make the early game by getting a particular build where you can use the spell Comet Azure, which is just literally a big blue laser beam that can complete, like, one hit most bosses. So it's, it's wild. You can, watching people discover, like, rediscover that Bloodborne and Dark Souls both are wide open canvases that allow you to be creative. That's really cool. I'm excited to see how some of the players that are approaching Elden Ring and just blowing it apart immediately, how they're going to go back to their games and and play them against sort of the community's expectations of how you play. Because most people I know have not done the typical Dark Souls strength build route. I know that I'm doing uh, intelligence and dexterity, and that Renata is also probably doing. Are you doing uh, in well, dex right now? Where is where is Ren Ren's character in their arc? Let's, is the let's, like let's uh, okay. pertinent Zada question there? What Zada, what are the builds have you done, my friend? Zada has so she started the game as Dex Faith, uh, mostly like a lot, mostly Dex, then with a side of Faith. Um, mm-hmm. And spicy decks. Spicy decks. Um, I was actually gonna. Uh, I was. I have some interesting thoughts about having now been in the late game regarding some of the stuff that you're saying now in terms of difficulty and the way that like game encourages certain styles of play. Um, and so I've been doing Int and Faith together uh, for the last like probably like thirty hours um, because there's a sword that is absolutely fucking broken called the Sword of Flame and Night. Uh, and that uh, laser beam that Gita mentioned a minute ago uh, can also be fired from this sword. That's wild. Uh, for <laughs> about a tenth the FP cost uh, and about as much damage um, per per shot. You just have to fire more shots. Um, great sword. Love it. And so I've been playing as this like magic faith and magic like swords lady. But today I have hit what I would say is the most brutally difficult boss in the entire series. Mm-hmm. And not for the reason that you're we talking about earlier, where it is it is a puzzle fight. 
or there is like a particular strategy you can use to get a hit you can get an advantage over her she is genuinely the most difficult fight the series has ever had to the point where like i'm wondering i was chatting with um uh someone over at fanbite this game came in hot this game came in extremely hot it is very clear that the end game is not at all balanced like there is very little balancing the end game which is like very evident in the boss fight that I'm fighting because my previous thing of like playing the game as a set of tools, right? Mm-hmm. On a previous podcast episode, I described a boss fight I had against the Crucible Knight and Misbegotten Warrior where I walk into an arena and I fucking put down a crate full of medieval weaponry and I just start <laughs> fucking pulling shit out and switching between half a dozen weapons during the fight and being dynamic and excited and changing my build on the fly, right? Because mm-hmm. the talisman system allows you to like change your build without actually changing any of your basic stats, right? Mm. You can just like be like, oh, take out this item, put this item in, and like suddenly I'm playing an entirely new character without even having to respec because I used all of these talismans in really cool and exciting ways. All of that is great and why I absolutely love Elden Ring, and I think it's probably like mechanically the best game in the series um, from like a a basic standpoint. But Mm. I hit a boss today that actually pushes against that in some pretty like difficult ways because... The community has basically agreed that this is the hardest boss in the series across Bloodborne, across Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, and Demon Souls. She will kill basically anyone in one hit. Uh, she oh. cannot be blocked. Okay. Um, Love she it. She has a tracking uh, like sprint and stab you ability that has about 100 hits in it. So that's the part you can't block. Uh, <laughs> Great. And she will go across the fucking map to hit you with it. Um, which is to say that she's absolutely fucking busted in terms of difficulty and like is an optional basically like like she is one of the game's super bosses right these mm-hmm. these games have bosses that are like not required for the critical path um bosses like um uh, i'm trying to think of like a good comparison point manus uh of the abyss um or Manus, like, whatever their title is, um, was a super boss in Dark Souls 1. Um, Manus, extremely hard, harder than basically any boss. Cleric boss Beast 1.0. Yes, Cleric <laughs> Beast 1.0, harder than every other boss in the game. Totally <laughs> optional. Um, uh, the, the character that, I'm black, playing the against... Black Dragon, uh, Cal- yes, is pretty tough. Yes, Calamy uh, is another example um, of, like, these bosses that are not required, but are, like, challenge bosses, basically. Yeah. Um, a lot of JRPGs have these. Like, after you beat mm-hmm. the final boss, you can go and be like, I'm going to fight literal God. And you're like, and are you sure Final about Fantasy, that? Uh, seven. I never managed to beat, what was it, Alpha and Omega? Well, those are those, the, uh, what's the bosses uh, that like, live under the water? Whatever and, weapons. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 those, yeah. yeah. I tried and, like, tried for an hour and was like, cool, I'm good. Guess I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> so Elden Ring has those, uh, okay. but it's like the entire final quarter of the video game. He's just and not, like and not optional. This well, is part of the, the one of them is okay. one of them is because basically what she gives you is an item that lets you back out of one of the endings. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I read spoilers, so I know what character you know this who is. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. See, here's the thing: is that I'm thinking about in re- in response to this yes. is it, this game came in hot and people are really loving it. I wonder what percentage of players are going to get to these bosses. 
I wonder if I'm going to finish this game, right? I, I've been kind of resigned to the fact that I probably won't and that I won't see a lot of the high, harder bosses because the game also just, I'm going to be playing this game for literal years. You know, Tim Marchman is my editor at Motherboard and he is still he's still playing Skyrim. Don't want to call Tim out too much, but my man is still playing Skyrim and it's because you can play that game literally forever. And I do feel like as much as I'd like to finish this video game, I also want the experience of never seeing any of the endings. You know, I I felt the same way about Breath of the Wild in the way, where there's something about completing these games, the task feels so monumental, I don't really feel like I have to do it or that I want to do it, or that I want to challenge its, its biggest challenges. I think there's a core Souls fan base that is really interested in this critique and really needs to hear it and wants to hear it and should we should discuss it. But I, I think about all the people that more, are more similar to me that are playing this game as just sort of like a big, weird puzzle experience. And I, I, I feel like I don't know how many of them are even going to reach this point of frustration. Not that that's like a bad thing at all. I think that's kind of great that the game is so big that you can avoid frustrations just by never challenging them. Well, you can also kind of this game is big enough. And even if you are mostly critical pathing, whatever that means, that's like a really hard mm-hmm. like thing to critical path is not. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of meaningless in a game like this. But let's say you were you you're you're not tasking yourself with seeing everything mm-hmm. and kind of you know continuing along. That's still like you can spend dozens and dozens of hours. You can have the equivalent of two Souls games of adventure and not crack anywhere near the end. And that can like be enough. Like okay, like I've made it to the end of my journey. I felt similar to you, uh, Gita, with Breath of the Wild, where. Like I played that game for like 65, 70 hours mm-hmm. and then I went and did the end because it was perfunctory. Like, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to go do. Yeah. I guess I'll go do the ending. It was fine. But like I could have not done any of that, had just turned the game off where I was and been like, I had my adventure. Like I don't need the credits to justify yeah. the, the fun I had here. And I won't be shocked if a lot of people are like you or maybe they put it down and then they come back to it, Yeah, you know, later. Like, you know what? I really missed like that experience playing Elden Ring, you know, it's still left for me 45 hours of Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. If I would, if I would like it um, and it'll still feel fresh and it's not even like a new game because there's just a s- huge portion of the map that you haven't. Yeah. Uh, and, and not to say like, either that, like these criticisms of the end game are not appropriate because if the, if the thing that makes me bounce off of the end of Elden Ring is that the enemy stop feeling the, the boss battles and the enemy stop feeling balanced, that's going to be like a real shame, you know, because right. like in the beginning, I also have had the experience similar to Renata of like changing weapons on the fly and being able to do lots of different kinds of damage just because I feel really uh, acrobatic. That especially on the horse, which is a weird thing to say, but I feel very <laughs> acrobatic on that horse, man. You can really just murderize some people in this game. Um, but if that if that feeling goes away, then I can I can already I know that my ability to stay interested in the game will also just immediately disappear. But can I also, I'm thinking about hypothetical future me, will I feel dissatisfied, (laughs) you know, after I've had 65, 70 hours in a world where the last little bit of it turns me off? Would I call that a bad experience? I'm not sure. I guess my question is like, how are we defining the last little bit? Because I think one of the things that's worth, I think that is like distinguishes Elden Ring from something like Breath of the Wild is that Breath of the Wild's world there is virtually no gating 
right, at all for Breath of the Wild's world. Elden Ring actually has a, it's not as gated, but like the gating requires like knowing specific paths if you are not following the critical path. And so like, the thing that I'm curious about is how people will, not even in terms of like value proposition or anything like that, but like how, not to do a, how do you know when you're satisfied question. (laughs) Um, uh, But what I'm thinking about, like what is enough to see, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, are you seeing major areas, right? Is it, is, is seeing a lot of major areas or a lot of the coolest shit visually that the game has like important to people. And in that case, a lot of the, the latter half of this video game has been doing environmental design at a level that FromSoft has never done before. And it's just firing on all cylinders 24-7 in a way that I think is sick as shit. But that sick as shitness is like 100% obfuscated behind a level of difficulty that the series has never touched before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that, it sounds like what you're... Uh, suggesting is that part of what you part of the difficulty tuning you can do in at least sounds like the first half or a significant chunk of Elden Ring is you know combinations of finding exploitative builds, uh, summoning people, over leveling because you're exploring a ton of the world. It sounds like you've done a bunch of that, mm-hmm. and now you're at the funnel, which is closer to what a lot of a traditional Souls experience of like, haha, like now you're in the hallway to to keep going forward. This is just in front of you. Um, it's just, it sounds like maybe some of the tools the game has offered to manage the difficulty earlier on based on how you want to play, what your mood is, seems like less of those options are viable for you at the moment. Players, including series veterans, we're talking like thousands of hours into the series, like people, um, if you go to the game's Reddit about the specific boss that I'm talking about are saying that the only way to beat it is a gimmick build. And not like the kind of gimmick build that like you can normally do, but we are talking like, okay, so let me just like lay down without spoilers of like who this boss is mechanically what this fight is in this fight. You are fighting someone with a sword. When that sword hits you, it has life steal equal to 30% of the damage of the attack that was done to you. If you hit this boss with, for example, the sword of flame and night, if I do a fully charged like laser blast, that's going to do like, (laughs) It's going to do like 2000 damage, right? Yeah. If I get hit, I probably say like twice, three times, all that is gone. Uh, all the damage I did is gone. Not great. Uh, oh, when I say this boss has a sword, by the way, I don't mean a big sword. It's a katana. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Fuck. And every single hit has that amount of life steal on it, regardless of whether or not you block it. And so... If you if that sword touches you, that boss is getting her health back very, very rapidly. Mm. Um, and this also happens to your spirit summons. So you can't summon for this fight because your ashes will just get face tank her attacks. And in face tanking their attacks, they will completely heal her back to full health. Oh, God no. <laughs> well, that sure seems to run counter to how they want you to play the rest how of the game. How they wanted to play the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, blocking, like I said, doesn't work because she will also heal back to full health. The only thing I've found that works with her is parrying. Oh, my God. But there's this one is, problem with no, parrying. Please tell me the in Elden Ring. Please. She takes three parries to stagger. Oh, <laughs> so you have to perfectly parry her three times to actually get her to posture break um, and stop attacking you. Jeez. Um, I no joke think this is 
hysterical. It must <laughs> be so frustrating, but it's so specifically designed to fuck you for the entire for any of the shortcuts you've taken in the rest of the game that it feels so intentional and personal. It becomes funny to me. <laughs> Oh, it's it is and like this is uh, the thing is I love parrying in these games. My yeah. Dark Souls one build is one hundred percent built on parrying. My Dark Souls three build is one hundred percent built on parrying. I am I am the Dex baddie. <laughs> I am the girl who will walk in with a pair of claws and I will deflect your sword and then I will stab you with my rapier or my claws. I don't care. Fuck you. I am the parry bitch. But having to parry these attacks three times in a row while one of them will kill you mm-hmm. is a nightmare especially because the parry in this game is so fucking slow oh my christ (laughs) it is slow shield parry slow like the difference is that like in dark souls 1 and dark souls 3 dark souls 1 2 and 3 parry speed was associated with the weapon you are using the fastest parry in dark souls one and three is using a fist weapon which is what i used so basically i would play characters with a weapon in the right hand and then just an open left hand that i used exclusively to parry right those parries were very quick the elden ring parry is tied to a weapon art and i believe that weapon art is universal across whatever weapon you're using it on. It might be a little bit faster with knives, but it's not like particularly noticeable. Um, And so you are having this slow ass parry with a long recovery window against a boss who, if you don't parry her three times, she will fucking murk your ass. Just absolutely ruined. Um, And so the late game, this is, she's not the only character like this in, in, in in the latter half of Elden Ring. And so it is like, very, very obvious that there were, there's an amount of balancing that was done in the first half that has not been done in the second half. Uh, that is becoming like actively problematic for the game's community. Like mm-hmm. even diehard fans of the series are like, this boss nearly made me stop uh, this series that I've put thousands of hours into. Do we know um, if she's, um, if you can do anything with statuses on her? You can use bleed. The only build that works right now that people can get to consistently work is a dual katanas, uh, a level to plus 10 using a uh, thing that summons a copy of you. And basically the way it works is that that is the only way you can out damage her healing is if you use two katanas and are constantly attacking her and constantly causing her to bleed uh, until the fight is over. Um, that is what people have found is like the only way to consistently out damage her. I, for example, mm. have been playing an almost entirely status build. So trust me, Kato, I have been testing status effects yeah, on her. Yeah, this is why I was wondering like what, how, cause something damaging over time that like, sta- like nope. I don't actually know what Scarlet and sc- Rot is, but. Scarlet Rot is a damage over time. The boss is built around a Scarlet Rot area. She cannot be hit with Scarlet Rot. She loves She's the strong rot. against Scarlet Rot. She is the Rot. rot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, that boss cannot be fucked with with Scarlet Rot. She cannot be fucked with with Poison. The only status effects that work on her are Bleed and Frostbite. I was going to say, I thought I heard about Ice being good sometimes. I was wondering whether or not. I exclusively, <laughs> a Frostbite is one of my primary things. I'm using a character who uses a lot of the dragon incantations, which is to say that she is has a bunch of breath attacks that I use constantly to open up bosses, whether that be with um, Fire Breath or uh, Frostbite or Rot. 
Um, I've used Scarlet Rod as like uh, throughout the game pretty extensively. Um, Frostbite is effective against her in terms of like it, it procs relatively quickly. It takes an entire FP bar for me to proc Frostbite. Mm-hmm. And there are slight exploitations you can do of the Frostbite system um, because, well, not exploitations, basically a thing that was taught to me by a fellow journalist is that Frostbite, like any status effect in this game, has a bar that builds up. Uh, after the status procs, you get more defense from it, right? So like once you're bled once, it gets harder to bleed you a second time. Mm-hmm. That's how these games work, right? There's one exception with frostbite. And that is if you do fire damage to an enemy who is currently afflicted with frostbite, it resets their cooldown. It, one, it removes frostbite. And two, it resets their built up tolerance to it. And so if you hit someone with frostbite, it does like 3000 damage from the frostbite proc. Then you do a powerful fire attack, which gets an 8% damage boost and then resets your ability to frostbite them again. It's great. It's super strong. Um, mm, ice and fire. All of this is ice and fire. Mm. All of this is stellar. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, George R. R. Martin. Fuck you, George R. R. Martin. Fucking winds of winter. <laughs> is that specific reference there, huh? Yeah. That's it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe the ending is hidden in Elden Ring. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe Miyazaki. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the uncorrected proof of his current draft. Yeah. He you want these pages? <laughs> they do come and get them. They do have the Game of Thrones sword in there. The game of the Game of Thrones oh, sword the sword is in Elden made Ring. Of swords? Yeah. Oh yeah, I Iron got that Throne. one. The Iron Throne is also sort of in there. I've heard uh, there's there's a, <laughs> something that looks like it. Yeah. Um, uh, Kato, you, I know you've been uh, you've been playing Destiny, so you have not. Have you returned to the Elden Ring? Yet, uh, a or? little bit, a little bit. I'm back in there. I've I've reached like ten hours at this point, just kind of picking at it very slowly. I'm at the first like castle, you know that thing. Strong uh, Storm, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, y'all. <laughs> Small, I'm going to mark here, small mechanical spoilers for the castle in case you don't want to know anything and would rather find this out on your own. This shit sucks, though. It's very funny, but it sucks. Y'all ever notice how your runes start disappearing in the fucking castle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and, uh, I fucking cannot. Do you know what's doing that? I've, I figured it out eventually just by looking around like I... This man kept laughing at me in a way where I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> why Why is this motherfucker Patrick, always so happen? smug every time I see him? <laughs> so far, I haven't met any any NPCs with good creepy laughs. So I'm no. disappointed, frankly. Oh, I've, I've, I've met some fuckers. Uh, go, go to Kaled. <laughs> go to Kaled. Kaled is scary. perverts in Kaled. Kaled's got perverts. <laughs> Dragon Barrow East got perverts. <laughs> Landell has per volcano manor pervert city that really really good there's a meme going around yesterday that just had the the location text that you get when you go into a new area in, <laughs> yes for Caleb but it said Cleveland yes I did see that um that one filled me with deep joy as a as a former Ohioan yeah listen um, someone replied it's more like Cincinnati and I respect that too God. Ugh. Um, but yeah, there's a one NPC that looks like a bunch of the enemies in that area as well. I'm like, why are these motherfuckers all over the place? And why do you look the same? And why do you keep making remarks about like runes and needing them? Uh, so I killed that motherfucker. Was <laughs> <stolen>. <laughs> Wait, you killed him? Don't what? Oh, no, you're not gonna get the cool bit. 
What Don't cuddle? Don't away in the bag, Kato. <laughs> Let that man live. So, it's hard here. Look, Kato, steal from the rich motherfuckers, whatever, but like I was in a bad way. <laughs> wow. Fucking dropping Look. runes when they die. You are. Wow. You're the bitch yeah. dying. They can take Kato, you can take your Kato's runes. Kato's climbing the, the, the literal ladder in, in Elder Ring. He dropped like, some hey, sort of hey, item hey. and I don't know what it does yet, so I'll figure out something. That's funny. There's another bit with him. <laughs> I just it's not just him. another wait you're talking about the guy in the entrance to yeah in the entrance to this the castle right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you will feel, you will be ashamed of your words you, will be ashamed. you won't because you won't <laughs> encounter won't because this won't and I'm gonna have know. to send you a YouTube video explaining the, the cool bit explaining that you explaining a major quest line about one of the games like NPCs. I keep killing people in this game thinking that it's probably fine I feel like I'm starting to get the message that don't kill NPCs maybe who else did you kill who yeah, else why are did you, you killing kill? NPCs? uh I I I uh killed that um what's his face at the ca- the other castle the southern castle you guys should see your faces right now this is very Kato this is an intervention vibes right now <laughs> Like both Patrick and Ren have just furrowed brows. Wait, Kato, who one, else did you kill? Which one? Which did one? You, which, which one? one did Castle you kill Morn? Castle Moore. Yeah, the king. The, the the whatever his name was. Not the king. He was um. After I did his quest line, which was uh, very sad. Whatever. Uh, look, what's happening <laughs> down? You delivered the daughter's note. Hold up. Kato saw. Listen, he's stuck. But Kato saw a man with depression and was like, "What is happening at Castle Morn?" Which is this whole thing is spoiler section. Is a fucking workers' revolt. Of course, I'm gonna kill him. What the fuck? No, Fair. he sucks. No, <laughs> like I was, it's just it's just very funny to me because also you didn't have to. That dude was done. Like he finds, I, I'm sure, he finds over his daughter daughter's dead body. And Kato's like trying to pull out the katana and bash his face in. <laughs> I mean, listen, workers, workers unity. Yes. You can just lead him to the nearest cliff, man. You don't got to do all that. Like, <laughs> he's good. He's gotta get killed. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take out the menials, and I'm like, you're not no, gonna. No, do you're that, not, dude. my guy. I can see, and I, I have your let you try. He's like the sword of my family, and I'm like, I've got that shit in my backpack you don't yeah. you will yes. not be okay yes. my dude you are not gonna be this is not gonna go well for you um, um so those two i've killed those two so far let's see who else we run into i've run into a couple other npcs that seem chill or like at least like normal people a, a rare non-standard ending and i cannot wait yeah, Miyazaki is just gonna appear on screen and just wag his finger like, like, no. You'll beat Are the you final good? boss, and he'll just he'll just say no ending for you. Like, sorry, I'm but. super curious. I you did don't get it. Be like, I did good? not think that the NPC that has the same model as like a handful of shitty enemies in the castle was gonna be a major NPC. So I was just like, fuck this guy. He's stealing my shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, fair. That's a fair yeah. reaction to have. No, it's a it's a normal thing to do. It's just very funny as someone who has gone through. Well, one of the things about this game, I mean, Kato, you will probably you will probably get to do a lot of parts of that NPC's quest line because the thing that I've mentioned on multiple pods is that, like, this game's actually very generous in terms mm-hmm. of letting you start... Excuse me. In terms of letting you start quest lines late mm-hmm. um, or, like, hopping on them at a later port- point. So, like, if you go to an area and an NPC... Like, okay, so in a normal Souls game or, like, a previous Souls game, if you don't meet Onion Boy early... And you go to the area where Onion Boy is the second time, Onion Boy will not be there because you didn't help him out earlier. Right, yeah, broken. Just mm-hmm. In Elden Ring, 
if you don't bump into an NPC at point A, but then you do the thing that would trigger them to go to point B in their quest line, but you haven't met them, they will be at point B. Cool. And they'll be like, what's good? And you're like, hey, so glad what if to you see kill you. that motherfucker? How is he going? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'll be like, oh, good to see you. I'm this guy. Did you kill that fucker? And you'll be like, yeah, I did. And they'll be like, nice. Thank you. I Sick. appreciate that. So I was one yeah, of that, the that, many that, uh, players oh, that didn't get to meet the um, Ren's wife, Ronnie the Witch, uh, at the Church of Ella. I don't know how it happened. I, I got the horsey and then I went straight through the gate to Stormvale. Have you fast traveled there? And then And then I fast traveled back. And I just didn't meet her. But it's broken for some people, but you can you can buy the item at yeah. The uh, at that yeah. time, once that her not being at the Church of Ella, I think coincides with whenever you unlock the Roundtable Hold, and you can just buy those things from the uh, one of the NPCs in the Roundtable Hold. You can buy wait, you can buy spirit summoning bells. The yeah. spirit summoning yeah. bell from an NPC. And it's Wild. super cheap. It's super cheap. It's like two hundred runes. It's so. almost like the, it's, it, it. It strikes me as. The game doing QA through its it's like, look, we haven't fixed that bug. So just could someone just Just could someone just make that item purchasable by an NPC? We don't know why the MP the the character is not summoning for some people. It's like not an elegant solution, but it's one that works. And I feel like a lot of the time, the way these games fix these sort of gameplay or player issues, what they they have with the UX is they figure out just sort of what's the easiest way to make this work. You know, for them, it feels very. I don't know, like a, a very straightforward solution to many of the UI right. problems. But some, but there are so many weird items in a game like this that would be... So, like, there was someone, they deleted their tweet. because I feel like they must have Googled it after they tweeted at me. <laughs> and they were like, hey, I'm 20 hours in. I was having a conversation with somebody, with some some followers, mm. and I was asking about a certain summon they were using. That I was like, oh, that sounds dope as shit. Where, you know, what is that called so I can try and track it down? Mm-hmm. And then they chime in and are like, hey, I'm like 20 hours in. What do I do with these summons? And I then meant to reply to them to be like, oh, you probably got the glitch with the with the Church mm-hmm. of Allah. Like, here's, and like, they are, like, by the time I clicked that, like, it said tweet has been deleted and they must have Googled it and just figured it out. Right. Um, but it is the case, you know, alongside the amount of I would be so curious to know what is the data that says people that never went down into the tutorial cave. Oh, I yeah. I imagine it's quite a few people um, alongside people that d- d- got significantly far into the game, do- you know, a dozen, two dozen hours without realizing what's going on with summoning. Because I think it would be very normal to like buy a summon from an NPC from from a vendor and then be like, oh, at some point the game is going to explain how I use this and then <laughs> cut to 20 hours later. No one's explained to me how I. How yeah, I use yeah. This. <laughs> There's some things uh, about this game feel that feel like the tutorial is honestly, if you jump in that hole, it's great. Works great. And you learn by doing, which is how the whole game tells you how to do things. Um, but there are. I forgot exactly what I was going to say, but it is like I do. I feel like the way that this game design, it really helps if you played the other Souls games. Because what you learn immediately is that the worst thing that happens to you is you die. You know, that's like just uh, something you have to rip the bandaid off in terms of these games. If you haven't played them before, is you might be have been trained to think of death in a video game in other games as like a sheer failure state. You've done a bad job at playing the game. But here it it really is, is like the, the part of a process of learning how to solve a problem is like 
you die. And then the solving the problem becomes slightly more complicated. So when I saw that scary hole in the tutorial cave, I was like, well, if I don't jump in it, I'll never know what's down there. And it could be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I don't jump in it, I'll great, never know what's look, down there. <laughs> like, if you like the fact that you learned came to that conclusion in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. knowing going forward that is probably the most valuable lesson you could have to approach a game like this yeah. going forward for ev- like for everything is just like i don't know what i don't know yeah Let's dive in yeah you don't know how hard you can hit until you try to stab something so you don't know how to improve your gameplay or what kind of strategy will work for you until you try and you fail i feel like you know when we talk about hardness it's kind of unfortunate the way that we talk about difficulty in this game we'll come circle back around to this i'm sure because it, it's it's Difficulty, except for these endgame bosses that sound totally broken that Renato is talking about, it really is more about the process of trying and failing. And like that process is really annoying, I would say, and sometimes incredibly tedious. And there's ways that it can be unfun. But similar in a way that I think this is a weird comparison, but in the way that I feel like The Sims as a video game is essentially a series of interlocking puzzles that they're asking the player to solve that becomes most apparent when you say, like, have toddlers or something that require a lot more attention from the player to <clears throat> individually control. Then um, the, this game is also that, where defeating a boss is, yes, one discrete puzzle, but it's a puzzle that is interlocking with a lot of other systems that are themselves puzzles. So you have to get in a state where you can balance and mentally juggle all of these things at one time. And and that is like trying and failing is a, a part of the process of learning how to do that. So it just doesn't feel unsatisfying to me. I can get, I understand why people can get super fucking mad at this game, though. It is like unfair sometimes, but in ways that I find really funny also, like the time that I was riding through Stormvale or Stormhill or whatever, and like three, three packs of wolves flew in from the sky and landed on me. That stuff is amazing. Wolf Tornado is one of the funniest fucking things in the video game. It's canonical. Wolf Tornado is so amazing to me. Canonical Wolf Tornado. Kyle just marked that down. That's a great name for the podcast. So just set that aside. And that's a great one for us to take a break. We'll be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Uh, and we're back. Uh, Rent, you said that you had something you wanted to add on to from, from before we took the break. Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about difficulty and like what people talk about when they think like when they like say accessibility a lot recently for like a ton of different reasons and like accessibility not only in terms of like difficulty but also in terms of like level design and like game structure. 
Um, and so like, you know, there have been conversations around like Elden Ring's like systemic inscrutability as, uh, as an inaccessibility lens. Um, and I think that like the thing that I've been coming up against is that if you think about accessibility as a thing that happens on an individual level, it will never work and never be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is like a, a thing that I've been coming up against is like, if you understand like souls games, for example, as things that you're supposed to play alone in isolation as like an, another piece of media, right? Films need to be accessible through subtitles, through subtitling, because if you experience a film alone, you can't experience the film. Yeah. If you, for example, don't have subtitles and yeah, are deaf. Yeah, yeah. You know, accessibility here is also in terms of distribution for films. If you can't access a film, if you can't literally go to the location where it is playing. So that is a, an accessibility issue for films. But if you manage to get to the theater by yourself, you still experience the film, even if it's by yourself. Exactly. And the, and the thing that I've been thinking a lot about with like the way people talk about video games and accessibility is like, oh, well, I didn't get to play these areas of the video game because I struggled to get through this particular area. Right. Or mm-hmm. because like there was a something like I don't I literally physically do not have the reaction time to beat boss A or boss B. And yeah. the thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently in my own personal life is um, I went to see the Batman recently, as <laughs> evidenced by Monday's <laughs> podcast. And I went alone. And for me, that is a stupid decision that doesn't work because I have narcolepsy. And if I go to a theater that is cold and dark and I have a sleep attack and I go to that film alone, there's nothing I can do to to stay awake. There is nothing a film could do to keep me awake. There's nothing the media property can do to alleviate this because it's literally a thing that is happening to me. But if you go with other people, suddenly a lot of these concerns fall apart. And so like games in isolation, not don't fall apart, but games in isolation and media in isolation is often inaccessible and weird, but we very rarely approach media in isolation. And that's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, I had an ex who would get very overstimulated playing video games, but loved them. And so she would just ask me to play when she got overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Like would we could pass off controllers when moments like that happened or moments of like intense difficulty. And the Souls games have obfuscated but built-in systems to handle that mm-hmm. up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, that being what I was mentioning earlier with like late end game bosses, which are fucking busted. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, like this is, I think part of the accessibility discourse that has been happening around Elden Ring and been happening around its world design misses the part that media is rarely experienced in isolation mm-hmm. and that like the reality of, of any media is like experiencing it. Like one of the ways to deal with accessibility is also to build co- systems of community that shore up things that like media texts don't. Yeah. So bringing this to Elden Ring and, and just thinking about how people have talked about this game is particularly accessible, although I'll still not having some of the things that make it, it, it makes it inaccessible in other ways. In one sense, it is totally correct to say that this is the most accessible, broadly accessible game in the the sort of specific oeuvre of FromSoft's games. Uh, and it's you know, clearly evident that that's true because a lot of people that were not, you know, found Dark Souls, Bloodborne, et cetera, et cetera, inaccessible, do not feel this way about Elden Ring. And are it's their playing biggest it game with- by a, a country mile. Like, not, yeah. it is like not even close 
to how like how big any of their games previously have been. Literally everyone I know is playing Elden Ring. It is it is people that I would not expect to play video games very frequently at all are picked up Elden Ring. My, my neighbors ask they're not playing it, but they're asking about like it's to yeah. the point where it's like <laughs> infiltrated traditional yeah. gamer bubbles like it's Elden Ring it's in the suburbs now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elden Ring uh, has become a part of culture with a capital yeah. C yeah, yeah no, see, I mean, where, where, where it was like I, lower C it's capital C now and like that's fascinating yeah. the way that I, I knew that this was happening by the way you, you search I'm searching Elden Ring just to see what people are doing if there was like goofy builds or funny videos or memes or whatever started seeing you know it started being impossible to search for Elden Ring content that way because a lot of sex workers are advertising their OnlyFans using the term Elden Ring and that's yeah. what I knew what? that's what I knew <laughs> what? that this is oversee culture you know I went to a bar last night and three fucking people had a conversation with me about Elden Ring literally I walked into the fucking bar and I saw the bartender and I was like had a conversation and then said something something reviewed Elden Ring and she was like oh you were playing Elden Ring and then the guy fucking sitting next to me was like I'm also playing Elden Ring and so three fucking people in a random bar in the middle of fucking Brooklyn were just like yeah we're all playing this video game yeah uh, the water cooler like what were you doing on set you watched the football game no we're all playing Elden Ring we're all playing it's so strange but also talk to me about that uh that market over there you know, oh fuck yeah. her <laughs> yeah exactly it's really fucking cool it's cool as hell so in one sense yes this is a very accessible game in another sense there's no colorblind mode right like right. that's that's something that and those are the pro like that is like structural shit you can, that, that yeah. can be changed versus things that can be supplemented by the community yeah yeah there's an issue in terms of just core structural features that disabled players need to be able to use. A lot of people in the world are colorblind. Asking for a colorblind right. mode should not be, that is not antithetical to the design of these video games. It shouldn't be a mod done by the community that when you enable the mod will then lock you out of the online mode, thus also then yes. locking you out of things the that the community, community does yes. to, that are tools to make the game more accessible to a broader base. Like yes. that sucks. That right. stuff is totally sucks. And it's this push-pull. I I'm, think I share everyone's frustration with the way that these conversations on difficulty and Dark Souls go because I do agree that you could make these games less, you know, quote, just like less like sheer sponges of effort, I would say. Um, yeah. by, That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, it's like it's 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 soaking up the trying and failing. It's it's uh, the things are so timings can get so precise that you will have to learn how to do it by feel in a way. And that is something that will take a lot of players a really, really long time to internalize, especially when the game deliberately throws tricks at you to interrupt that learning in, in ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's ways to decrease that difficulty. I think of the Star Wars Jedi games where the de difficulty sliders showed you exactly what they were adjusting. Stuff like the, you know, like the, the parrying e window, right? Yeah, the parrying yeah. window. I thought that, was, that was such a smart way to think about, okay, what do people mean when they say... How, how could these games be easier? Because like yeah. that can go in a, in a lot of different different venues. And I thought that was such a smart way of thinking mechanically. Like yeah. parrying is important to our game. Like we want you to parry. We're not going to remove parrying. But what if we just made it so like the window you kind of hit the L1 button whenever you want and yeah. like it's probably going to work. And I thought yeah. that was really cool. And because it doesn't interrupt the other systems of the game, the thing that makes the the loop of the, the, the core game loop, it makes it like more... <laughs> I just 
so, feel like such a goober sometimes when I say these terms. You know, I know that they're descriptive and good, but also I always wonder how can I say these things more like people actually talk about video games. You know, like, yep. Yep. like no, you're players right. do. It's like, yeah, th- th- that stuff to me does not disrupt the core pleasures of playing the Star Wars Jedi whatever game. Um, well, God, how, how is that different than like? You know, a lot of people like myself, like I didn't pick uh, like, uh, you know, Dex uh, intelligence as I know this is going to be the one that like kind of unbalances the game to a certain degree and like makes it a little bit easier to play through. Turns out that was the case is becoming the case. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like s- stuff like that is like, you know, stuff that's built into the game to allow you to adjust that in the same way that it's kind of like a like adjusting a parrying window. Like yeah. the fact that like I can have a laser, you know, or, or comets crashing down that immediately parry a boss that's for someone with a sword and shield to be a huge pain in the ass. Like yeah. that's, that is me making that modification. It just doesn't happen at a like system level with the game saying, Hey, yeah. broadly speaking, we're going to alter this system and you know how it, how it functions. And this is why I think community tools and like thinking about accessibility from like a community perspective can, can be useful. Right. Because like, you know, you're mentioning earlier, uh, there are videos on YouTube right now. They're like how to become a fucking broken weirdo within the first five hours of playing the video game. (laughs) Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, here is a way to, to just do that. And like that community knowledge base is like wikis are, are, are all part of these questions around like cheat engine even right. Like cheat cheat codes have been like systematically eliminated from video games. Cheat engine comes in on the PC side to sort of replace that. But like, you can't like, you know, I'm sure you already exist for Elden Ring. If you want to play offline, like you can just make your HP as much as you want it so that you can mm-hmm. experience the world. But again, that that locks you out of everything else as a result. Right. And this is the this is like the the difficulty and tension around like conversations like this is like, you know, the, the idea of like, should video games be for everyone? Yeah. I- ideally. Yeah, of course they should. Yes. And I think that there's a second. Well, there's a well, there's mm-hmm. a second part of it. Yeah. Should video games be for everyone in isolation on their own? That is, I think, a better question than the first. You right. Know? The first one is like, no, what? But should they be for like in isolation on their own? Like, no, like, like that's yeah. not how we experience media. That's not like people don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, when people talk about other pieces of art being difficult, you know, films, uh, visual art, uh, movies, et cetera, et cetera. They're usually talking about like understanding and divining meaning from things. Or mm-hmm. in some cases, yeah, some books can be intentionally written to be a huge slog to get through. Or uh, there's this Bruce Nauman video installation called Clown Torture, and it's deliberately designed. Okay, so you walk into this room and it's dozens of screens and it's the loudest possible volume and they're all playing out of sync and it's a looping video of a clown laughing and crying and like hitting himself with a toy hammer. And Mm. when I went in that room to... at the RNC Chicago, the security guards outside that room are on shorter shifts than normal because none of them can stand being around it for too long. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it, it is that is a piece of art that is difficult. I would say maybe on par with a Souls game in terms of <laughs> how long can you stay in that room? Like that is the thing about that piece of art, though. It's asking you how long can you stay in that room, and that's like the point of it. Um, here, the difficulty is just like being able to experience it at all 
And I mean, I think a person in isolation, if they went into clown torture and they had no background in art and had no understanding of it and were not had not been trained to look at art in particular ways, it would be completely inscrutable. It would seem like a joke. I mean, you see these complaints about contemporary art all the time. Um, but that is like Renata just said, that is not how art is experienced, though. Art is made to be in conversation with other artists and other critics, and you can you can contextualize art by putting it in conversation with other people with, and or even discussing it with other people who are there. And I think the other thing about something even like clown torture, for example, I could not walk into that room. Mm-hmm. I know that I would be so immediately overstimulated that I would that I would basically dissociate or start like it would be a it would be a physical problem for me mm-hmm. to enter that space alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there are people who I know I could go into that room with because they are grounding. Like this is why, for example, like, you know, there are service animals trained to tell when someone is about to have a panic attack. And like. That is the interesting idea of like accessibility as a community practice. Right. And like being able to engage with art in physically different ways when you are with other people and you have the ability to approach them with other people. And like the fact that I could go with my friend and probably be physically able to stand clown torture for 30 seconds long (laughs) enough to, to divine meaning from it is like, (laughs) that is the thing that I'm thinking about in terms of like Elden Ring and community is this Mm -hmm. idea that like the community is itself an accessibility tool. If Mm -hmm. you approach it that way, in addition to all of the fundamental structural things that you do need, like subtitles, like colorblind modes, like all of these things, there's also the fact that like there is a body of knowledge and a group of people who theoretically you can work with. It's the same reason that like adaptive climbing groups at like climbing gyms are extremely useful is because like, yeah, adaptive climbing groups, sometimes you literally need to be with another group of people to be able to climb because you have there is something up with you that means you physically cannot do it on your own, right? People do things in groups to make things easier and better for their lives. I mean, hell, Patrick, we both love horror movies, but I bet there's a lot of movies that you wouldn't want to watch on your own. I don't like, I I don't, yeah, I've said this on the podcast before. I, I like horror games, but I enjoy them far less than horror movies because my wife doesn't give a shit about watching me play a horror game. Love that. Watch. <laughs> um, and I, so I'll play them by myself and I don't enjoy them nearly as much as I would enjoy watching a film because I, I enjoy the communal aspect of watching a horror film with another person. And it's not yeah. purely about t- where some of it's taking the edge off. Like I find watching a, a piece of horror media, engaging with it on my own to slightly tip the balance of, what am I enjoying about this as part of like the roller coaster, like energy ride that I'm go- that I'm going on, like feeling safe and, and scared with this media. I, I feel less comfortable when I'm doing it by myself yeah. and want another person there. And like that is that is absolutely an instance in which it's a piece of media that is is, you know, can be consumed solo. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like I yeah. the way I, I grasp enjoyment and meaning from that uh, genre is around friends, family, frankly, anybody. I'd rather go see the movie by my, I'd rather see the movie by myself in a theater of other people um, uh, than to do it by myself because it's, it's just a different experience for me fundamentally. Yeah. I feel like this game, you can really see the thing that Renata is talking about as sort of the, the community aspect, sort of diffusing some aspects of the game that are, have been inaccessible if you're playing them on your own. 
just because the game, everyone is talking about it on Twitter, for example, you can just pick up on tips and hints that make your experience a little bit easier just by hanging out. And that is like an incredibly fun and interesting. I feel like the game is really, it really wants you to talk about it. You know, the message yeah, is yeah, it's not a spoil- it, like, you know? spoilers are so different with this, like because it's like I'm technically someone who wants to have the surprise and mm-hmm. I still like being surprised by Elden Ring. But multiple times, like when I've talked about my build on Twitter and someone's like, oh, man, fucking like uh, uh, like Chris Pearson ha- had the same mm-hmm. build as me, was going for the same approach. And then he would just like DM me. He's like, you want some sicko shit? Yes. There's been a lot of that with this game. Part of that be- it is because it's so bro- like part of it, like this like conversation of like, how do you find yourself accessing this world and feeling comfortable with it? That is things like fast travel mm-hmm. and like like really deliberate, frequent fast travel that did not exist even like fast travel was in the Souls games before, but not to this degree. Yeah. Like not, not to so the, to immediately. This, this, and even once you get there, having the the mobility to then get to a space and not engage with the combat. Like yeah. fuck it, I don't want to fight these mobs. Like Chris was like, you need to go. Okay, you need to go into this. There's this treasure chest. Some bad shit's going to happen when you get in that treasure chest. But when you get out of that treasure chest to this other place, you're going to get, okay, then you're going to be in a cave. Bad shit's going on in this cave. Get out of that cave. Once you get out of the cave, don't leave. Get on your horse, and then you need to go find these two glowing purple things, and your shit is going to change forever. And I did those things. My shit changed forever. Um, Now that's... People know to get the the meteor staff and the the, the glowing orb spell in... uh, What is that place called? Not Kelly. It's... Celia. uh, It's Celia, Celia. a town of sorcery. Um, but I feel like that story is I'm seeing that play out constantly in like group chats and group discords of people being like, hey, go check this one thing out. Like and spoiling one part of it, like either like go to one part of the map. I guess just I have thoroughly enjoyed that part that I've I've never felt that way about these games in the past, despite participating in like the conversation as they're discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, like it's just been so much it's fucking so fun. fun. Yeah. I I mean, also, so much of my advice to do players is just, uh, if it sucks, just leave. Like the yeah. zone meme. Get on your <laughs> horse <laughs> and go. <laughs> Literally ask someone like, yeah. there's also like been concerns about like UI and UX, not, not in terms of like looking at, you know, um, is there a colorblind mode, but in terms of like information inscrutability. Yeah. And like in- information, like processing and like that's that is the stuff that I'm especially thinking about in terms of like as someone who has played games and is someone who struggles with some like overstimulation or understimulation and like has problems parsing certain types of information that games can present if it is presented in very particular ways. Um, just very ask people. Yeah. Ask ask other people. Like uh, use the community as a resource because like. I think that there's like this isolationist and like individualist approach to media and to games in particular, especially with like the souls games, there's this idea around like individuality um, or like community as a place where you go brag about your shit as opposed to individual triumph that is then shared with the community as opposed to the community. Like, and the, the, one of the things I wanted to ask about here, and this relates to your point, uh, Ren is like the messages, right? Like I've never, the messages have always been part of these games, but I've never benefited nor been so interested in them as I am here. And like, yes, like half the messages are like liar ahead. Um, what if hidden path? And then I swing my sword and find out there's not a hidden path because there never is. Um, uh, but I mean, that's those are like the same sort of like that signposting. Like I rely on it 
all the time, like to be like, know what's like a little bit of head. And like, sometimes I don't want to know. And it's like, I actually want this for, I want this for myself. Like I don't, I see the messages are there. I don't want to know anything about what's ahead. But even when I'm trying to do that, the you'll the way the game patterns messages, what it surfaces and what it doesn't based on, which must be in some degree like density of information. Like when you're about to approach some motherfucker or some big thing, the messages are just all They're there on and the you're ground, like, and you're like, even though I, I bet don't, there's a motherfucker here. Yeah, right, yeah Even though yeah. I don't know, <laughs> my motherfucker might not say like, but right, like, but like, beware, right, or whatever. Like, I know some shits about to go down, and then my like my fingers get tense, and that's just so much. I, I've read some people like they turn that stuff off, they get tired of all the like uh, try finger like, butthole. Yes. Yeah, try finger butthole. Like dog, oh, the dog one's pretty good though. When it points out a turtle, yeah. like that one makes I, you laugh every time. I do. I don't know why I love the dog ones, but I do. The it's the one me I'm not so sick good. of. It's because the turtles are really cute. They're just adorable. I don't know. I still haven't met. I still have not met Pope Turtle, and I I, I, I look forward to I've it. Been, I, that was my mission today before the pod. I was trying to find Pope Turtle, but then I got distracted <laughs> by like a million other things. Don't join a like join a group like join a group like not just like a like a like there are groups like the the thing in Elden Ring is if you go to your multiplayer menu there's a thing that says group make a group with your friends and then suddenly you only see your friends messages and corpses and that shit whips it's so good to be like playing in like a large group chat and then get a message that says I just found one of your corpses <laughs> um, and then being so everyone being like wait which one where and then the person being like that was me it's very, um, fun. It's, it's very fun and also like I don't know I'm just I'm just pro like enjoying media and exploring media in community and and taking that as your fundamental lens um, for like approaching both meaning making, but also like who can and cannot do video games. Um, and the answer is like very rarely can anyone do them in isolation. Like imagine a lot of the games back in my day, but a lot of the games that I grew up in are were even more esoteric than this one. You know, be, be Patrick and I both, yeah. and Renata as well, and Akato as well. We've all played games like really old, very esoteric RPGs. You know how tutorials I are a, fa- a fairly new concept yeah. in the grand scheme of <laughs> video games. But you know how I played a lot of those games. I played them with a tutorial open. You know, on Game Facts. You know, I, yep. I played them with a spoiler-free free walkthrough because I knew that the community had already poured through these games and gleaned the like ideal way to get through these things. Just to have it in the open in a tab somewhere in case I got stuck or to make sure that I was doing some of the things I wanted to do. You know, some of the older Tsumigami Tensei games, you like literally need the walkthrough, basically, in or order just, to I mean, get those strategy some of those guides endings. are yeah. I, I I've been it started as a blog. It's turning into a feature about the etymology of the word illusory that had has wow. had me. Now I'm on an email chain with one of the lead editors of like Dungeons and Dragons third edition. So he can tell me when they switch from saying illusionary to illusory as I try to figure oh out why God. that became popular. Uh, like short version is like illusory became popular because of the, the Souls games, but was being used like was originally like deployed in, in TTRPGs, yeah. In yes, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, but was used interchangeably with illusionary as a way of just like that's a cooler way of saying uh like illusory is a cooler way of saying illusionary. And uh then from software just plucked that out as like what they wanted to call their invisible doors and like 
you you look you search the Google Trends searches for illusory and they all spike That's based so on uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Three, Bloodborne. Because also illusory walls existed in Demon Souls, but were not called illusory walls. They didn't have a term. And this is all to say you look forward to that feature probably sometime early next week. It's it's been a lot of fun. But um, I was trying to see like where. What has the term been for these things? And I looked up the strategy guide for Demon Souls and the, the strategy guide. This is back in an era um, when like you would get these big, thick fucking strategy guides produced by game companies released alongside the games they're releasing. And the Demon Souls one is it's the end of an era. But like the whole game is picked apart in there. Like it tells you it has a timeline for all of the quests, like mm-hmm. when to do them. There's a section of the strategy guide that says this is the ideal way and ideal path to play the game to interact with all of the NPCs and quests. It has every weapon listed out with how they scale along everything in these spreadsheets is fucking wild. It's like wow. they did the data mining on the game that communities do now in wikis. And look, here it is in your glossy 65 page strategy Amazing. guide in a, in, a, in a series that is celebrated for being obtuse and difficult to crack and doesn't explain itself. But they also had a strategy guide they sold that said, Mr. Policeman, here are all the clues um, for how to play the game. Mother, motherfucker. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Motherfuckers. Listen. Sometimes you need to read the annotated version of a book. Mm-hmm. It's OK to read the annotated version of a book. Don't you know, try and f- yeah. don't fuck with James Joyce. Uh, not don't fuck with James Joyce if it's not annotated. Do not try to read Ulysses <laughs> without annotations. You will have a bad <laughs> fucking time. And like that book is in, like honestly, actually, good comparison point. The Souls <laughs> games are inscrutable and strange and operate on different rules in similar ways to a, a you know something like Ulysses or like very like hostile texts that that have existed before, and like. As, as someone who's done a lot of academia, don't fucking read them like that. <laughs> I promise the annotated version will help you. It will be your friend. It will give you context and meaning that will like is essential to engaging with a particular work to hell even finishing it. You pro- most people probably cannot finish fucking Ulysses without someone helping them mm-hmm. because it's it's it is inscrutable in that particular way that I think is actually it's quite in some comparable. ways analogous. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like analogous to the way we're like talking about video games and like scrutability yeah, and like readability as like an accessibility lens. How mad Rathko makes people, you know? Rathko makes people furious because they look at it and they don't understand what it's in response to, where this person came from. If you walk into Rathko Chapel with no context, you might feel something, but the full weight of that something is it's, it needs to be contextualized. And that doesn't mean that the, the art itself is like a bad art or badly designed. It means that it was made by people in history, then carrying with them the context of where they are at that time. Yeah. And like, it also, the power of footnotes and the power of like when you go to a museum, you see a plaque on the wall. Mm-hmm. Or if you're lucky enough, there's a curator that can help you. Um, or like looking up, you know, a guide for a video game, for example is that like it allows you to get around inscrutability without changing base meaning that inscrutability mm-hmm. provides. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. In the ways that which like Elden Ring, for example, this is why like people love lore videos of these games. 
but like the fact that the lore is inscrutable is in, is a function of the text. Yes. The text is doing that intentionally, and your way of reading that is is filtered through that difficulty. And like you know, it's filtered through that difficulty, even if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And like that is like one of the best things about like art and criticism is like a process and as like a way of 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 approaching thinking about things is that like you don't always have to have the bad time of figuring something out to be able to intellectually understand the purpose of someone else having had a bad time to figure this out yeah and like this is where i think a lot about like the ways in which people come together around art is that like guess what Someone else did that work. Now we can just think about and explore the space together because someone else already laid the groundwork of like the unpleasant bit. But for them, it probably wasn't unpleasant. They were probably some secret loving weirdo. Yeah. Um, and I'm I so was, glad for them. I was genuinely thinking about this when I started playing Elgin Ring. I was like, I saw the the um, Jason Schreier tweet about, oh, you should get a notebook. And I was like, sucks that so many people are mad about this tweet. But then I also thought, Jason, the notebook is going to be the wikis that people make after this game comes out. I'm kind of feel pretty happy that I don't feel too bad that I've had to like take some significant time off from playing this game. And like I go to can't stay up all night playing it right now because that would cause many problems with my sleep schedule. But because I it gives everyone else more time to learn more things about it. And I feel like every day my my experience of it becomes fuller specifically because other people are playing it even while I'm not. Kato, you had a, a point you wanted to make before. Um, Well, two things. One's super quick, which was just like the a lot of the Rothko stuff has to has, also has to do with just how many people, like how much people uh, view things over the internet these days, right? Like- mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate truth of especially that's those specific paintings that it looks different in person, right? Like that's, that's what people say about a, a lot of art, and like you know, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can look at a at a you know a specific, specifically like super like modernist graphic like paintings, and you're like, okay, that's the, the surface is gonna make a little bit of a difference, but I can get the gist. And then there's things like Rothko's, where it's like not seeing the way that those are layered and like not really understanding the physicality of the that paint on on the canvas it it does make a difference to how people view it which is mm-hmm. i think why that specific artist gets pulled out a lot is like what the fuck is this because yeah. when you flatten all that into a jpeg it doesn't look like anything other than like a specific square or whatever yeah anyways um another <laughs> no. thing i wanted to kind of like get at here too is that i feel and like i'm not maybe the best person to like suss this out necessarily but i think that there's also been a lot of kind of conf conflagrate not conflagration what's the word i'm looking for conflation conflation of like uh the term accessibility in like two different senses right like there's accessibility in the like uh ultimately in the like more um the less, I guess, structural sense where it's like, can it be accessed by people versus right, material, accessibility, material accessibility versus like, can it, is this accessible in the sense that like there have been uh, uh, structural changes made so that people with 
specific disabilities can access it, right? Like there's mm-hmm. two there's like the two levels of like what that word has come to mean these days. Yeah. Um and I I just kind of wanted to point people to uh, a YouTube video by Steve Saylor who uh is a blind uh accessibility act, act, uh, advocate who tweeted out last week this video this one hour of conversation he had with another disabled person about the um there's some folks who have asked in my replies what would make Elden Ring more accessible. It's a lot, and an easy mode doesn't fix any of it. And it feels often like there's 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 kind of like um a taking up of like this game was too hard for me and therefore it was inaccessible versus this is inaccessible for people for for a, a a group rather than me as an individual right that i feel like the term access accessibility is starting to get fuzzy you know yeah, yeah and i i feel like uh i just want to like kind of flag like there are people out here talking about uh and i'll link i'll link this video in in the show notes for this conversation that like we should also be careful and kind of clear about which type or like what specific things we're pointing to when mm-hmm. we talk about accessibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The theory has been really diluted, I think, because one of these things is easier to talk about than the other, you right. know? Absolutely. One of them would mean that you have to criticize a game you like a lot, which is always very difficult to do. But there's, like, even basic... Like, there's, yeah. There's just, like, the fact that, at like, pe- like, able-bodied people can't really talk about that form of accessibility in the same way, only from, like, an outsider perspective, right? Like, yeah. you have to listen to people who are... Uh, from that community about what they want and need for those sorts of changes. And yeah, um, uh, yeah. there's only cool. so much an able-bodied person is going to pick up on as what in terms of what the game would need in terms to be truly accessible in a sort of disability sense. Uh, right. right. And yeah. this is, this is what I was touching on talking about like narcolepsy earlier and like right. going to films as someone who like, in the, also like climbing, right? Climbing and like going to films are both like because of literal physical disabilities, very difficult for me to spend right, my totally. love of doing them. And like, that's the part where I'm like interested in, in like community systems as like modes of thinking about yeah. accessibility outside of, outside also, of like texts and pieces of media in, in and of themselves, right? There is like material accessibility in terms of like, you know, can people physically access this in multiple ways, right? Can people physically, like to hear something is to be able to physically access it in some ways. Yes. Right. And, or to read something, right. These are all material, like material acts, right. To be able to differentiate one color from another in a particular space or differentiate one object from another in a video game, um, is a material question of access. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think is like deeply worth thinking about. Um, and with. I do think that there, there's, you know, you make a good point about the the ways that community can help uh, assuage some of that. But part of part of, I guess, what I want to point out too is that they are they are still worth pushing back on of developers. So I, not to yeah. say that you weren't saying that. I just to make it clear to the listener, like there's always like you know we we obviously like would advocate for both things and hope yeah. that one can be an avenue for when it's missing on the structural level and one is like, we should be fighting for better things. And I think this for everyone. is exactly the fulcrum where like the conversation becomes complicated when it expands out 
beyond a, like a concentrated group of people trying to understand something right. and make a criticism towards like just everybody in the world that is playing Elden Ring, which is hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, you no, know? Millions, in fact, apparently, because the game's wow. like 10 million in its first week. Oh, my God. Wild. But, you know, <laughs> that's it, it more is, than Dark Souls 3 lifetime. Yeah. You know, it, it's the conversation becomes difficult because half the people wanting to have this conversation are, are you know, people that are disabled that have specific needs that want to point out that FromSoft is not meeting. And then there's right. other people who are wanting to have this conversation who um, are upset that the game is difficult or difficult in a way they weren't expecting it to be and are frustrated. And there's another group of people that hates both of those groups of people and think they are the same. <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, know? exactly, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and it becomes difficult to say, like, no, I don't think the game is difficult broadly, and I think it's clear that it's more accessible than it used to be. But I also it is not meeting the uh, uh, the material needs that certain players have to be able to actually play the game at all. Yeah, it's difficult right in this environment right now to say that, especially because of how popular it is. Like, there's a huge, there is already like a huge, very loyal fan base for From Software, and that has only grown. And so now you get a lot of people that simply do not want to see their video game be criticized on top of whatever yeah. biases they have from not being disabled. It's also one of those one of those moments that I've noticed the most of like people with fewer or a more concentrated community that they can go to versus people who are public figures mm-hmm. having different experiences with what they consider the from soft community. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like at a certain level, at a certain point, you're always going to get fucking internet chuds when you have too many followers. Right. Yeah, like They're going to come out of the fucking woodwork no matter what you fucking say. And it sucks. It's horrible. But yeah. then there's also like, like the like group of people that I'm talking like obviously are none of like none of the people that I would ever talk to about this game would ever be the get good kind of people. Right. Um, And that's just like further complicates the whole situation of like, what is, what, what, what do you consider? Who what is the fan base? Exactly. Speaks for. Mm -hmm. And like, is it like, are those get good people actually the majority of what would be considered a fan base for the from, from, from soft games at this point, or are they just the loudest on internet? on the internet in those specific conversations with like public figures. Uh, and it's well, and, hard and to tell, right? Like, like this is the, one of the things about the right. internet and obfuscation of like the amount of people and how loud they can be versus like people who are just enjoying the game in their own smaller communities. Right. Like, um, and I think maybe a, a final note I make is I think, you know, building off of Ren's point about engaging with a difficult text with annotations. I think what like the sheer popularity of this game points out and, more people gauging with it and um, lots of people from lots of different like walks of playing games, finding interest in it. And this question of like who speaks for the community, it's like, well, who was making those annotations? Like mm-hmm. who is defining yeah. the ways we talk about that game? Because when you talk about gatekeeping, I think even those annotated notes that become like, this is what these games are built to sort of like emotional and psychological gatekeeping that mm-hmm. Elden Ring right. with all this other mechanical and structural changes have allowed a lot of other people to realize like, oh, actually maybe these games are for me. And like the way I thought about them and the way people came up with these canonized annotated notes of like, this is how we talk about these games. And like, and I've contributed to that. Like I'm, I'm part of that. And, um, I think it's great that like this game is breaking some of that down or adding new people to add those annotations Mm -hmm. that change how we talk and think about uh, these games. I think it's also like the difference between like having an annotated copy of something and talking about a, a book in a class. 
right? Like the annotated yeah. copy is like universe, like is 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 the gateway to having the conversation. And like the culture around a text is influenced by that. And like annotations are influenced by the culture around a text. Um, and so like, yeah, I think that, you know, this is the, these are the things that I've been thinking a lot about recently, even, even from like a disability perspective. Um, and why I think that like, even, you know, there are conversations about difficulty and about like fundamental design and aesthetics from like a disability lens that I think are like very fascinating and like particularly difficult, um, when talking about art, because when, you know, you're looking at like the material reality of a piece of art, what happens when the material reality of the piece of art is incongruous with someone's ability to experience like the material world. Um, and uh, those are hard conversations. Unsolved yes. problems. So, and we will not sadly solve it here, but you know, we've moved that boulder. Waka waka. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll come back to it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Believe us. Yeah. Not even Ren has, she had access earlier than all of us. And even she has not finished the game, which bodes poorly for myself um, uh, no, I'll be finishing this by the time we start Final Fantasy Tactics um, so, I'm still finding new shit yeah so uh, but that's gonna that's gonna do it for uh, Waypoint Radio um, our theme music uh, is uh, by Bowen the track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine you can learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen uh, you can uh, follow my work uh, and my ramblings at Patrick Klupik Gita where can people follow you at XOXO Gossip Gita do you have anything you want to shout out? Like any like pieces you've done? Even I know you've done some Elden Ring work. I don't know. Is there anything you want to point people towards? Uh, uh, to, to I read? got engaged. Check out this fucking rock. Fuck yeah. Congratulations. Check this shit out. Yeah. You got good. Yeah. I, or I guess David did. David did. That's true. David got good. He's, uh, you know, soon to be a gamer wife. I can't wait. Can't wait Damn. for that shit. Damn. <laughs> My fiance, David. Now, anyway, moving right. on. I'm not working on shit except being very happy. You know, time okay, to David. Good, it was good. pretty long for this episode. <laughs> yeah, time yeah, to David. yeah. <laughs> ah, Kato, where can people follow you? At a underscore Kato underscore appears. And Ren, you can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. And that will do it. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I've lost, I've, I don't remember the last time I took a flight. I think it was like probably like six years, eight years ago. I took really? a flight. Yeah, I my family didn't really do vacations um, and I didn't like... And then trans women. Um, <laughs> yeah. Flying can be kind of a fucking nightmare. And so instead, Fair. whenever I can, I just take the train. Um, Trains I like, are I like, nice too. 
take the bus and take the train a lot. Shout out to the train. Uh, listen, I'm going to say a kind of extremely controversial take. The Amtrak half of Penn Station is fine. That's fair. No. <laughs> Just that part, no. though. No. Wow. No. no. Kind of not even violently that. disagreeing. All right, no. we're back. None of it no. is good. None of it what is do you, good. No, 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 no. I've, Let me I've be clear. left on a bus the, in that place. I've left out on a train in that place. It all fucking sucks. When? 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 Kato, when? 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 It was years ago. It was okay. a while Okay, well, they back. fucking renovated it. They renovated <laughs> they? that half. When? The MTA when did side, that happen? The MTA side's a fucking nightmare factory, and it can mm-hmm. it can right. rot in hell forever. Yeah. The Amtrak side, not bad. Oh, See, here's the thing. It. I don't believe it. The I train can't. I've taken the most on a train track is mm. Metro North. I've taken that yeah, train yes. so many times. And that is like the ideal train experience, yeah. I would say. That's beautiful great. scenery. Grand clean. Central is beautiful. Grand Central, Fucking incredible. Chilling. Yeah. I see no reason why every train in America can't be that good. Because it's so much better <laughs> than every other train I've ever been on. You know? <laughs> Just leaps and bounds. And it's going to, oh, I understand why. It's going to like the richest parts of Connecticut. Yeah, that's going to the richest parts of Connecticut. It's going out into the fucking, yeah, into the Hudson Valley, up mm-hmm. to Dia Beacon, yep. up to <laughs> fucking, you know, that's why I go up there. It's uh, the West Chessie train, you know? Yeah. It's one of those. That, there you go. Mm-hmm. Fucking Christ. Oh my God. It would be cool if they finished reconstruction, wouldn't it? Anyway. Mm. 